Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rigadona, and with me as always... Richie Byrne! Buddy, it's a fun one. Episode, oh, it's a good one. We got a really good one. I plan on getting loaded and enjoying some stories. Yeah, because this guy has the stories, my friend. I can't can't wait wait. to get him out here. (laughs) And you and I decided to do like 15 bits first on this show. Yeah, I know. Not some boring show like with Doug Wilson or something. No, we we (laughs) think... We have so well. Let's get right to it. We got a, a brand new drop of names to, to we drop do. on these people. Yeah, we let, let me explain this. Uh, for a, a while now, I've been doing dropping names. Uh, we put it live on Facebook every week, and we ran out. We ran out of new. We did like five or six, and we 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 ran out of uh, you know, the pandemic hit, and we couldn't record any new ones. We couldn't record any new ones, but I got to see the great Joey St. John. And uh, we put a few new ones together. We dropped a new one this today on Facebook, and we're going to premiere it now, right here. A little thing called dropping names. Dropping names, dropping now. So I was doing a lot of TV auditions back in the early 2000s, mid to 2000s, and I got a few. I was on Law and Order, Sex in the City, Sopranos, and I started to get known by the casting agents. So my my agent got a call from the Law & Order casting agent, saying that Dick Wolf, who created Law & Order, and Chicago PD and all that, Dick Wolf had a new show. And they wanted me to come in and read for a character for one show, just one day in. And he was a cop, and he wanted to tell us, he was telling a story in the precinct about an arrest he made in a bodega where the, the criminal walked in with a paper bag over his head but he had cut the mouth and the eyes were here instead of here, so he couldn't see. So he called him a street name. Like he, he was, so the Schlamuzel, but it wasn't a street name I'd ever heard. It's like Schlamuzel, something like that. And I remember thinking, that's not a word I've ever heard. And, uh, but I said, it seems important to the script, so let me make sure I don't screw it up. So the day I go in for the audition, I'm thinking it's a first audition, but it wasn't. It was a callback. It was the end. So when I walk in the door, everybody involved that the director's there. There's like 10 people behind the table, which kind of threw me. So I go in and they go, okay, do the monologue. And I read the monologue and I'm thinking that word, slamuzel, that word. And I get through the monologue and I did a really good job, but I knew that I went too slow. So the director goes, okay, you did a good job, but you got to pick up the pace. You got to pick up the pace. And uh, I said, you know, I know it's that, that word, that stupid word, Slamuzel. That's, I, I, it's, I, don't, I, I know it's a street word, but I'm not used to it. And some older guy at the end goes, no, it's not a word. We'll get rid of it. Just use it for now. And I go, no, it's a word. And he goes, it's not a word. I go, no, I know I've heard it. It's a street word. I just don't. And he goes, it's not a word. I go, it's a word. So a guy on the other side of the table goes, you know, when I wrote it, and I realized, oh, my God. I'm insulting the writer. I didn't even know. Why is the writer here? So I kind of insulted the writer, and now I'm going to go do the monologue again. And the director goes, just go back. And I'm like, I'm still arguing with the old guy. It's a word. It's not a word. It's a word. It's not a word. So the director goes, do it again and pick up the pace. So I go to start the monologue, and I go, "Um, am I doing the word? And the director goes, yeah, keep it for now. And I go, because you know it's a word. And the old guy goes, it's not a word. I go, it's a word. So I finished the audition and they were laughing and I knew I nailed it. And I get home and the next day my agent calls me, she says, you didn't get the part, but they offered you a court officer and um, you'd be playing, it's a smaller role, it's only one line and you'd get less money than you normally get. So I was like, no, I don't want to take it then. And my agent goes, yeah, I'm going to turn it down. So she calls the casting agent and she goes, the name of the show is Conviction, it's about lawyers. He's playing a court officer. He's gonna be on the show all the time whenever they go to court. He's gotta take the role. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay. So now I got a recurring role. I'm like all excited. I got a recurring role on a TV show. So I go in the day to shoot my line. It was one line. And they're taking me around and I run into the old guy. 
from the audition. And he goes, did you find out if it's a word? I go, it's a word. He goes, it's not a word. I go, it's a word. It's not a word. And he walks away. And I'm laughing. And the, the guy who's showing me around goes, wow, Dick Wolf really likes you. And I'm like, that was Dick Wolf? If I knew it was Dick Wolf, I would have never treated him like that. Yeah, I would have, I've been so scared of him. I would have said a word. So I end up getting the part because I didn't know it was Dick Wolf. So now I got a recurring part on a show that only aired six episodes. Dick Wolf, everything he touches turns to 20 years in, the, in show business. But no, the one show I get on, I did the one episode, the first episode I had that one line and I got screwed. Story of my life, brother. The story of my life. Dude, what a bastard. You, you insult the, the king of television. I know. I didn't know. What I loved. No, he was a great guy. But you know how it is. You walk into an audition. If you know you're auditioning for somebody important, you're going to be like, no, yes, sir. No, sir. It was because I wasn't like that that I think he liked me. And You know what I mean? This guy's a ball buster. This guy doesn't give a shit that I'm Dick Wolf. I got to <laughs> give him a ball. He's probably never heard somebody speak back to him. <laughs> Everybody kisses his ass. So it's a little long, but that's the drop of names this week. That was a good one, man. Good I one? I really enjoyed that. And you, I understand. I got an update. Enough about me. You had a rough You had a rough day yesterday. You had a couple of wakes. Had a, yeah, two funerals. Up two right funerals. Next to the toilet. Uh, you know, Thank you, Teresa. King of, King of Wishful Thinking and yes. uh, John, who's a member of John, 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 and John. John, 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 right. How are John and John? Are they okay? They're good. Uh, good news. Uh, we went to the pet store today, and uh, we we got Axel a couple new friends. We wow. want to welcome to the family. Look at this. Look at this. and fart. <laughs> that's what happens when you let a. Uh, no, that's what happens when you let Daddy name them. <laughs> In all honesty, my four-year-old wanted to call his Vince Gill. I don't even know how he knows Vince Gill. That's clever, though. I know, because he's obsessed with gills. He want, he argues with me nonstop that whales have gills. And I go, I don't think they do. They breathe regular air. He's like, no, they do. I'm like, you're four. How the fuck do you know? That's but, really um, clever. You know, we received a little hate mail. Uh, little hate mail. So we're going to issue an apology. There's the real photo of the king of wishful thinking, uh, Paddington behind him. Apologies, not all white guppies look the same. Yeah, well, that was embarrassing yesterday. We have to, yeah. yeah. Um, you really embarrassed yourself. We're, we're going to, yeah, we have to, to post the apology all right. officially. But well, I think I we're in the clear now. I think people understand our I, lives, we change. I speak for whitefish everywhere. <laughs> and but there is one other thing we have one more thing to do and then we got the best guest in the world and yes. and we wouldn't have done this today but we had to do it today we have to because to today is a special day may 12th is a in history may 12th great american comedians born on this day yeah. you know what i did there yeah, great know. american comedians there's four yes the big four there's four Great American comedians born on this day, and we're gonna we're gonna show them to you now. Number four, brrr, John, John Trusen. Yeah, Mr. Yay, John Trusen. Happy birthday, John Trusen. Happy birthday, bro. Number three, brrr, uh, was it? I forget George which one. George Carlin. George Carlin. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know American he was comedian. three or two. George Carlin born on this day. Number <laughs> two. Two, some would say he invented American stand-up comedy. Yes, some would. And some would say number one did. But <laughs> Mark two. Twain, number two. Mark Twain, look at that Born. stash. What a handsome man. Born on this day, May 12th. The number one American comedian. Born on this day. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Riccadonna. How about... Yeah. Oh. How about oh, sexy look there? Equal sexy mustache. Wow, Equal look at sexy this. sexy mustache. <laughs> Thank you, Richie. Thank you. for Happy uh, birthday, brother. Thank you, man. I uh, I got some Duke whiskey. Nice. And, uh, I'm going to listen to our guest. And uh, by the end of this podcast, I plan on being 
trashed. Well, I already am. <laughs> oh, here's that. Let's bring but, him out. We're ten minutes. Are in, we man. doing? Are we doing a lead in, or we're gonna get him out first and then do a lead in? Uh, we're gonna play. Uh, yeah, the the roast right when we announce him. Oh, okay. The, he was roasted a few years ago here in Long Island, and this is a little excerpt from the roast. So let's let's watch that. All right. Richie, Richie. Uh, yeah, you're a bench, Richie. The Eastside Comedy Club truly was a magical place. When Eastside opened, it was considered history. When it closed, it was considered a felony. <laughs> Richie Manini and Eastside Common always go together hand in hand. That comes from an agent for the New York State Sales Tax and Fraud Department. <laughs> I mean, he pulled me aside and he went, oh, fucking <laughs> I, I still live by that. <laughs> I am honored to be here yes. to roast my favorite brother. Oh, by the way, Craig, I, 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 I thought I was your favorite brother. <laughs> Clearly, this is a dysfunctional family. <laughs> they say Richie is the godfather of comedy. I, I want to know who they are. <laughs> and what they're smoking. He's the grandfather of all comedy because of the East Side Comedy Club. Not just because of the building, because the heart and soul of this man, ladies and gentlemen, Richie Menavini, that's what I have to say. I love you all, thank you very much. How about that? Richie Menavini! How about that? Wow, after seeing that, I'm too big for this show. Yes. <laughs> I can't do this. I got to go. That was fun. So is Mark Twain, but he came on. <laughs> he killed. How oh, yeah. What do you think? I'm some kind of schmogoogle? I can do a show like this? You know what? That might have been the street word. Schmogoogle. Schmogoogle. What's it's a word. Google? It's Richie, a word. Man. I think that was it. Look at this, Richie. You're actually paying attention backstage. I like it. I, I was watching. I've been watching for days now. Uh, <laughs> I need my niece to get me online to watch a show. Now I think I, <laughs> she went for a jog. I was panic stricken. <laughs> I'm like I'm watching run down the street from the second floor here, going, "Oh my god, how am I going to get on?" So I finally got to the place. And I'm looking. I'm looking. I get a phone call from Richie and. I, where are you? I said, I'm looking yeah. right here at the screen for 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I'm waiting like a puppy waiting for his food. Then I said, yeah. Click here to be on broadcast. So I put the glasses on. Click here to get on broadcast. Oh, boom. I I wish. <laughs> I wish we opened with that. It was the funniest thing. He's on with me. He's going, like, I'm right here. I'm right here. What are you going <laughs> to I was panicked. I, I see my niece running down the, the, the street. <laughs> That's funny. So that was the roast. There's some great people in that room. Wow. Now, the, the Joan St. Ange, who had the great joke about when it closed with a felony. Yeah. You, I don't think you know this. My first time ever on stage was at your club. I did an open I do club. know this. I'll tell you why I know this. Why? I watched your show, and you said you went out to Long Island. There was incredible people on stage. I did. Who the heck are they? And uh, – then you got on stage. So, yes, I do. I am a big fan of your show, Mark you. and uh, Richie. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Richie, that and that, that Eastside Comedy was a legendary club here in Long Island for many. What year What year did you start? 1979. Wow. Wow. Man. First, uh, According to Jackie Marling, the first paying comedy club uh, in the country. Of course, there were all the uh, showcase clubs, Catch, Comic Strip, Improv, Danger Fields. This and then all those nights at the crazy that I did shows, but this was the first full time comedy club uh, in, in the country. In fact, within three years, 14 com comics moved to Huntington, uh, including Joe DeLion and John Farrantino, just to be close to the comedy club. And none of us did anything but stand up comedy. So we became uh, full time comics. I mean, today it's tough. I mean, there's so many comics and so little showtime. These guys all have other jobs. We used to get together, watch yeah. 14 comics go on at night, go to the diner after, talk to 6 o'clock in the morning, 
but these guys have to hit and they run because they have a job to go do. Yeah. yeah. Now, Rich, you, how long were you a were you, you were a comic first? No. You, I was a, a comic wannabe realtor first. I mean, I did comedy since 1976. I loved it. But, right. you know, I'm at Catch a Rising Star waiting at 6 o'clock in the morning. After we partied, we go there, wait online for four hours to get a number. And I remember yeah. they said it's five minutes on stage. So I'm number 13 going, oh, this is great. And then next thing you know, that night, uh, uh, we had Freddie Prince walk in, the guest set, Gabe, Gabe Kaplan, he does a, does a guest no. set. I mean, it was like a guest set and guest set. I was like, enough already with the guest sets. <laughs> and uh, Kelly Rogers. Wait, I have to interrupt you and I never do this. We have pictures that we're going to bang up every time you say somebody like famous that, and we took a chance of, You've said about seven names. We don't have a picture of one of them yet. So, <laughs> well, um, so I'm sitting there, and and David Brenner walks in with the uh, his fur coat, long fur coat with white tips, and his girlfriend <laughs> walks in, same coat, white tips. I mean, beautiful in the middle of the winter, and I'm just staring. I'm going, wow, look at that. I want to be that guy, that fur coat, that matching. He goes up on stage. He's crushing. And then I notice everyone's laughing hysterically. I'm looking around the faces, except for one person. His girlfriend's like. <laughs> so Kelly goes, listen, we're going to put somebody else changed. up. We're going to put a singer up, and then we'll put you up. I go, no, no. I've been waiting here since 7 o'clock this morning. I want to go up. He goes, look, you, you, you don't want to follow David Brenner. I go, I don't care. I just want to go. I want to go home. <laughs> so he puts me up. I go, man, I just want to be David Brenner, man. Like, gosh, I got number one comic in the country. I was introduced by the number two, Kelly Roger, number 13, number 13. I can't pronounce his last name. He'll tell you himself. I'm like, so and then I said, everyone loved David Brenner except his girlfriend with the fur coat in the background. Well, Brenner has that laughing. <laughs> so he starts laughing. I'm getting laughs at catch my first time on. Wow. By and David I, Brenner. Yeah. Then I went to my material and uh, <laughs> they said I can come back next month, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, and I'm driving home with Jim Myers, and he goes, I said, Jim, Jim, they told me I'd come back next month. They, they like me. He goes, yeah, I'm coming back next Sunday. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I said, wow. and I went on before him, so it wasn't because they ran out of spots. It was just like. Wow. <laughs> but, I mean, so that was, so you were doing that like 76, 77? Yep. And what made you say, I'm going to start my own club? I mean. It was $5 to $8 at the door to get in. I was getting a hamburger and a beer. I was a dropout college business major because I, I put that money together too. I'm paying $18,000 a year. I don't feel any smarter. This is a bad investment. I made $35,000 this summer mowing lawns and putting in sod. So <laughs> I don't see this is going to pay off for the residuals. So I counted the heads all the time. I went, the money belongs to the comedian. So I started doing uh, one-nighters at uh, friends' clubs and stuff. I go, what's your worst night? Sunday. No one comes on Sunday. Good. Let me have the door. And they would go, okay, give me Monday nights. And they were furious. We're packing out on Sunday nights. Wow. Um, yeah. Jackie the Joke Man Martling, I saw him perform. He was just uh, singing a song in the band and telling dirty jokes in between. I went, man, you're funny. So I had him do a couple of shows for like $15, $20. Then he said, look, your PA system sucks. I said, well, it's not mine. I'll bring the PA system. Me and you go into partners. I went, okay. So me and him became partners 50-50 up. He brought a PA system and, and lights. Sound was incredible. And during one of the interviews, and you know how interviews go, Mark. Uh, I didn't interview. I was so excited. Uh, I think John Blen, the writer from Good John Time. John yeah. And he said, so how did this thing get started? I said, well, Jackie Martling, I saw him. He was funny as heck. I saw my father's place on the big stage. I said, come to Dixon's. We got friendly. And he said he would be a, a partner with me. So uh, I said, I book uh, I book all the talent. And I, I get all the clubs. And then uh, Jackie handles everything else. He, Jackie Martling handles the equipment. Okay. But I must have said uh, 14 other nice things about Martling. And they put in the paper, Jackie Martling handles the equipment. And he was... Furious! <laughs> I handle equipment. What are you kidding me? I mean, I only know him about a year, less than a year. I... <laughs> and uh, you had where? Do, where was the first club? Uh, I, I got to think it was top of the town, which was later Cinnamons, which was later uh, Chester's, which was later. 
Yeah, but a, you, with oh, East Side, East Side itself. When East this Side was on um, 326 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, literally right. at the old steer in where we used to cut uh, school. My high school is right behind there, Walt Whitman, and go there and have cheeseburgers during some of the more difficult wow. biology. Yeah. And that's where I got up for the first time. Joan St. Hans booked me on a Sunday night. I remember Jeff Zabrowski was the was the host. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was like 1987. Mark, or have you ever seen Jeff Zabrowski? Yes. One yeah, of the most crazy. incredible acts. Yeah. An, an atheist wrestling god. Yes. And he, I knew you weren't real, and then a, a head flip, boom, on his back. Thank you. Right. So that's what, like 10 names now? We still don't have a picture. Okay, well, we'll get to the pictures. Now, uh, we'll get to the picture. No, I'm kidding, but... um. And then you had the club for how many years? 16. Wow. And yeah. you had a couple of big names come through, or you had big names start there. Jackie Mason was, uh, well, we, uh, well, the first week, the first week of our practice run, before we had Jackie Mason, we had uh, Eddie Murphy, not a bad middle. Well, there we go. We oh, got a picture. That's yeah. Oh, feature. wow. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, on the same show now. We had uh, all the Long Island guys, Bobby Woods, Bobby Nelson, uh, Jackie Martling, Rob Bartlett. Oh, wow. Rob Bartlett, who I saw you show the other night, great. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was great even then. He started off now, great. He's amazing. You mentioned Bob Woods. Who round, is, round of sound, Mr. Yeah, Bob Woods. A legend in Long Island. Oh, my God. He was and, slated He was slated to do uh, our Broadway show, The Honeymooners, which they're going to turn to a TV show, and he passes away. Yeah, um, yeah. He was, uh, he was a big influence on Eddie Murphy. He was a big influence on all of us. He was big. He had a big personality, and uh, we, have, we have a clip, Richie. Show the clip, Joe. Oh, let me see. Oh yeah! <laughs> let me introduce myself. Here I am, Mr. Cholesterol, <laughs> the incredible bulk, hungry Jack. A man called Horse. <laughs> Sir Lunch-a-Lot. <laughs> Chef Boy, are you fat? Pizza on Earth, goodwill towards Manicotti. Rebel without a waistline. Strawberry Fields for breakfast. Lord of the Ringdings. The Earl of Sandwich. The Prince of Wales. And a little house on the prairie, all rolled into one. What can I tell you, folks? <laughs> How great is that? And the punchline at the end is, what can I tell you, folks? I'm a big fucking guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god, Buddy Fitzpatrick's in the house. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy Fitzpatrick. Oh, we love Buddy Fitzpatrick. So. <laughs> um, he can't stand to see me. So what? What was that like to see an Eddie Murphy? You know, we were, we were so, Eddie, talking about the first week of your club. Because yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy was nothing. He was nothing. He was nothing special. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He had something going on, but he'd always do something during the show to ruin it. You, you, you couldn't headline the guy. Because he, he pissed somebody off. He, he just had a way of just, uh, yeah, yeah. He and he was a kid, right? He was like oh, 16. He was 16. By that time, he was like 17, 18. He wanted me to sign him because I had this business. He goes, look, you got to handle my career. I go, what? Your partner's Jewish, and he's got a college education. You guys need to handle my, my career. I went, we don't know anything about handling comedians. I mean, I'm barely a comedian. Let me take you to Catch a Ride and start introduce you to Richie Tinkin. He's a great guy. I wow. call him up. We go in to see Tinkin. Hand him over. He went Richie to Richie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good move by you. Yeah. Hey, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, if you give me advice, I should do the opposite. What I'm yeah. saying is, everybody I know is a millionaire. Okay. They, <laughs> they circle around me. I'm the wheel, and I'm the sun, and all the planets make money. Yeah. Well, you and I need to start hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always like hanging out with you. Yeah. We have a picture. There you hey. go. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, that was that great show we did with Gemini uh, in New Jersey, right? At that little, little theater. And this was, yeah, this yeah. was, I mean, they explained it after the show. We're going to take questions and answers. I go, from the audience? All of us? I go, I, look, 
I don't care. And that was such a fun night. That was a really fun night. Then wasn't it that night or the next day we were going to the airport and he put a vibrator in your suitcase? We did put a vibrator in a suitcase, yes. Him and I put it in yours? In my suitcase, I uh I really so you're, wrote... you're still you're still doing that. It it wasn't me, it was a friend bullshit. Well, <laughs> yeah, I told Gemini story. All the girls we used to close in January because they wouldn't rob me. I went on vacation and all the girls went on vacation, and I paid for some of their trips. One of the girls who was so quiet, she goes, nice girl. The other girl said, we're buying a vibrator. We're going to put it in her, her suitcase. It's been going on forever. And when they get to the airport, they go, listen, we heard her on the phone talking to somebody. said she's coming, and she's bringing it. And the girls all go through, and they check. They open up, and there's that vibrator right on the top. They're all laughing. But then they kept going through the bag. They found a jumbo vibrator on the bottom with the, the extra little gadgets on it with the squirters and, and the things. Well, the girls came back and told us, the comedians, about this. We're on stage. Going, hey, uh, this drink has not been mixed. Uh, and we can. Was he made fun of her? Even Nelson had the vibrator for mixing the drink. The girl quit like three uh, weeks later. Yeah. Uh, oh, Martling brought up a vibrator that looked like a, you know, looked like a fire extinguisher. Yeah. yeah. You got to have that kind of sense of humor if you're going to work around comedians. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that going yeah. in, you know, oh, and not oh, yeah. everybody can do it. No, nope. our, nope. our staff at Stand Up New York were all actors who loved comedy. And it was so much fun because we we like drinking just as much as the comedians. But then we also loved listening to the comedians tell stories. Well, so I heard Danny like, Aiello tell perfect. stories about the improv. It was an actress place where they would do soliloquies and, and spots. Then comedians would come in and just jump up, and they were like, hey, these guys are all right. You know, just yeah. – uh, Yeah, yeah. But you – your club had some great – you you had, except for that Darcy Novick. You guys had good workers. I, I have to say that Darcy Novick is one of the greatest people I know. She's watching. I know. Watching. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Novick comes into my club uh, for this reason. Chris Rush is playing the room Sunday night. She Chris came through. She gets a busy, 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 busy. She goes, oh, that poor club. This is a college graduate. All oh, those poor people, their phones are out, and uh, they're going to be bad in business. So uh, <laughs> she comes down to the club and buys the tickets directly. She had to go to all her girlfriend's house to get their credit card because they're each buying a separate ticket. And she says, there's an old lady rubbing her temples going, oh, these phones, they're killing me. Um. And Darcy goes, are you all right? Because the phone, yeah, I know, I had to put them on hold for over an hour. And that old lady was my mother who was getting a headache from the phones. <laughs> saying, we'll call back. Don't worry, they'll call back. But Darcy starts taking phone calls. Uh, but he saw it, was no, you know, boom, right? There was no credit card necessary in those days. You put your name down. You're and I said, you're good, you're staying here. Well, after two months, her father, my brother works there, my cousins work there. My father would come in, a little all Italian people, and her father comes in, can I speak to you? So yeah, come back to the office. What's up? He said, my daughter's asked to leave your, your employee two or three times, and you won't let her. You keep giving her more money. I said, yeah, she's good. She's staying. No, 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 she can't stay. Let's go in the office. He goes, I, I, don't, I don't want to go in the office. I go, I know you're a family business. He said, what does that mean? He goes, I don't want to say anything. I don't want any disparaging remarks. I said, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I know you got some people. They all seem to be Italian. My daughter's a, a good girl. I said, she's great. That's why we stay. Yeah, she's not getting enough money. We'll double it. We'll give her more money. She's really she's a she's a gel that holds this thing together. She does the books. They all come out right. This is the best we've ever done. And he, I said, come, let's get some drinks. And he goes, you're not connected, are you? I said, no, no. My, my father's a New York City police officer. I said. Oh, we, we, how Darcy thought her father was being mugged in the back. She thought we were mafia. I love her father. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My brother came back. Darcy just wants to know that everything's okay back here. My brother, my brother, the mustache. You know, we all had the mustaches and the giant black hair. Everything's good. And Marty's sweating bullets. (laughs) Darcy stayed uh, through the whole thing until we went down. In fact, I think she's the reason we folded. She She wrote Shirley Hemp. Yeah. So uh, I, I believe there's gonna be a story there. I have not no, that's who was playing when Darcy went down and paid. Oh, was, I thought it was Chris Rush. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, she, actually, um, yeah. Well, Shirley Hempel. 
Yeah, yeah. So your first week, you had Jackie Mason. We had the, the soft opening with Bobby Nelson, Jerry right. Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, and right. nine other wait, guys. Wait. Which Mark, that's their soft opening. That's like, Bob you, Nelson. You know that you know that photo, the, the million dollar quartet, and yeah, yeah. Elvis. Yeah, you had the million dollar lineup. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I, like the seven million dollar lineup. <laughs> well, I was doing a gig with uh, Jerry, uh, Kevin James, Pop it. Yeah, Pop it, Pop it, Kevin James. No pictures. That's the biggest I got. I don't know how many. There's no big. I don't know what happened. All right. So I went down in uh, Austin, Texas. I'm in the back. There's a picture of Elvis Presley with uh, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and uh, Willie Nelson. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the owner is like his grandfather owned the place. I said, how do you get all these guys together? So like it's a 500-seat room. He goes, they were working on the show. I go, they were working here together? Yeah. He said, well, yeah, before we put the balcony, there was a 300-seater with a dance floor. Go, what was the occasion? He goes, they were looking for work. They each got a couple hundred dollars a piece. I went, like, <laughs> this is like us. This is like, oh, my God. This is yeah. like. I don't want to drag, I've, I've worked with, let's pop them up, Chris Roach. I know Chris Roach. Big fella. Yeah. I, think, I think Joey quit. Joey must have walked out. <laughs> Oh, look at that guy. All right, all right. He's ready you to know, go. Who worked with Kevin James is Chris Roach. That's enough. That's enough of that. I have so much Chris Roach. He, uh, he did a gig down here. He said, Richie called me up. You know the guy at the black? Yeah. You want to get in there? Yeah, I'll get in there. I said, all right, let me call. What do you need? He said, I need 1500 I call up Randy. I hey Randy, I got Chris Roach from uh, Kevin Can Wait. He said, "What kind of money is he looking for?" I said, three thousand. He said, "I'm not giving him a dime over twenty five hundred." Said, "Okay, we'll do twenty five hundred." He calls up. He gives him a hotel after <laughs> and adds on a Sunday Father's Day. I said, "Randy, Father's Day sucks. No one comes out on Father's Day." So he Chris does a great job. Randy goes to me, hey, uh, this TV show has been canceled. I go, what? I didn't know that. Canceled? They hit TV show. Are you sure? Let me call Kevin make sure. I knew it was canceled. Uh, <laughs> now, were you ever on Kevin Can Wait? I know you, yeah. I was. Yeah, I know you did. Like, nothing. great. In 87, I went to a rehab for 30 days. You what? I went to a rehab. For, you? Yes, in 87. Okay. I had to get rid of all my friends. Very good acting, Richard. Uh, and I had to start <laughs> hanging out with a bunch of new guys who didn't know that guy. Adam Ferrara, Gary Valentine, Rock Rubin. Slow Kevin down. Green. We got pictures. We got oh, wait. We got a picture oh. with all of them. In I'll there. slow down. Gary Valentine. No, well, not that. Joey, what are you doing? Oh, wait. I think you had everybody. Rock Not Rubin. Rubin. There, there you is. go. Adam uh, Ferrara. Adam Ferrara. There, there you go. go. Kevin James and Kevin James. So I started hanging out with all straight guys. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. That was before right. you were friends with Richard. So Brown. now, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, I, I go to see Kevin, and I always I always grow a beard uh, in between gigs. I never get more than a, a full man chew. It's never two two weeks. And then I get the phone call. You got a gig. You have to go to a gig. You got a Atlantic City. You got Vegas. You got a ship. I shave that day a week before the gig. So. I started doing this number March 3rd, and I've never had a beard in my life before. Some Bruce Smirnoff. No picture? Uh, no Bruce Smirnoff. Right, just the big guys. Okay. Who, who we want on the show, by the way. He's, yeah, he's wonderful. I just wonderful want to come out and tell that Johnny Carson story. Uh, and then you got to ask him to tell the Archie Bunker story. Yeah, the, uh, right. And the, oh, when, my gosh. You and I, if you remember, I was, doing a, I was doing a showcase in Florida a few years ago with you. Yes. Um, for um, uh, Billy Wells, no, Allison, Allison, yeah, Allison Kaplan. Kaplan, and 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 Monty, Chris Monty was on the show, yes, and Smirnoff showed up, showed up, and then invited us back to his apartment. And Monty and I were tired; we had to get a plane, and you were like, "You got to go to his apartment." And the three of us went. Yep. yep. And he told those stories, and oh. Chris and I were like, "Thank God we listened to Richie Minervini." Howling, howling, he's so funny. So, one of my dearest friends, and uh, he's just uh, 
<laughs> oh, he, he, he turns me on to TV, tells me to watch Breaking Bad. I said, I tried to watch that a couple of years ago, man. Guy's cooking meth. What do I need a meth thing for? You know? And he goes, you got to watch. Now I watch it. I, I go, Bruce, I'm done. He goes, you finished Breaking Bad five seasons in four weeks? I go, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm intervening. I took a couple of days off, too. Yeah, that's like a fine wine. And you're supposed to nurture every sip and every drop. And you chugged it down like a fucking cheap beer. <laughs> you should have told him you did it on meth. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, the show got me a little itchy. I really honest. I was like, so, the first it was like itchy, then I was like, oh, they're killing people. Good. I'm glad I don't do this stuff. So we do want to show Joey, show the picture of the four comics, the five comics. This is from, look at this picture, man. Wow. Look at this. This is at your club. That's uh, Joey Kohler, Kevin James, uh, Jim Myers, Rock Rubin, and is that Gary Valentine? Yeah, it's Gary Valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! In that, in that, and uh, for those who don't know, uh, Rock Rubin it was the head writer for Kevin Can Wait, right? And for um, King of Queens. Sorry, oh, this I'll get. We're getting around to where we're going with this. I never oh. thought of myself as being an actor. Okay, I thought this, I thought this story was done. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I know. I just kind of remembered ADD, folks. Um, I happened to go visit Kevin on Kevin Can Wait, and Rock said, "Hey, Richie should play Shabby Old Lady," and uh, that was a character. They said, "Well, why don't we make it?" I said, oh, "I would love to play Shabby Old Lady." But they changed to Shabby Old Man, and I. Uh, was getting in the headset. I get my myself in the mood. They had some nasty clothes on me, and now I know I'm an actor because my cousin called me and said, "Hey, my mom, my godmother, said I think Richie's back on the stuff again." I just saw him on TV. He was slurring his words, and he looked really whacked out. Go call call to make sure he's okay. I went, "I'm an actor," but <laughs> but I'm backstage thinking. I'm thinking exactly that. I'm coming in from a long night. I've been drinking. I've been partying. I come slurping in like this, and Kevin starts laughing. I go, and I, and I yell at him. I yell at the star of the show. I go, cut. I go, what are you doing? Oh, what's that? Like a hunchback in Notre Dame. I go, I'm, I'm, it took me a while to get in the back of method acting. I'm trying to get back to those wild days. I had it perfectly, you big jerk. In front of everybody, I'm calling him a big jerk, and they're like, <laughs> so he comes over and puts his arm around me like we're friends. I'm, I'm hating him right now. Like goes, friends. Yeah, like he's, and he goes, listen, guy, you just uh, you can't call me a big jerk in front of everybody. I said, this is your show. I mean, I'm trying to be there. He goes, I know, I know, I know. This is to chill out. I go, you don't put me in a good mood now. I want to be in a bad mood to come out here. He goes, all right, go F yourself. And, uh, <laughs> and action. Yeah, so he couldn't be nicer. We have done the stupidest stuff on set. And you've been in his movies, right? Mall Cop and Mall Cop One and Two, Grown Ups One and Two. Yeah, he hooked me up with Sandler, who hooked me up. And uh, during Zookeeper, he goes, "Listen, I want you to be a zookeeper. Me and you'll be in a lot of scenes together." I went, "Nah, I read the script." And the other zookeeper was like, "Hey, where's the giraffe? I want a funny." He goes, "Well, what do you want to do?" I said, "I want to be a voice of an animal." So he goes, "All right." I'm thinking they got me scheduled to be a monkey. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, Pooh Bear. You should have yeah. been Pooh Bear. It, it turned me into an ostrich. They go, and action. <laughs> and I've been practicing for three weeks. I got my lines. I don't need my pages. I go, we all know I'm the fastest animal in the zoo ever since the cheetah left. And plus, I fit in the bicycle lane. Cut. Rich, what, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing, doing well, what's with the uh, accent? I heard, well, it's, it's an ostrich. I go, well, why are you doing an Australian accent? It's, it's actually a Swedish accent. But uh, <laughs> uh, or an English accent. He goes, no, no, just use your regular voice. I went, all right. I've done it a thousand times in the last three weeks. And actually, we all know I'm the fastest animal ever since the seal cut. Kevin goes, just do your voice. Six, seven cakes. I can't do them. Finally, he goes, we all know I'm the fastest animal in the zoo ever since the seal. Plus, I fit the bicycle lane. In order for me to get to my voice, I was doing an impression of Kevin doing me. Then they went perfect, and I didn't even know it was my voice. I was like, Jake. <laughs> I was gonna say, everybody does an imitation of you except for you. Yes, I, mean, I can recognize the imitations. <laughs> Gary Valentine, picture, picture. No, well, right. yeah, we got one. I gotta say, he does the best and most humiliating because he doesn't use words. Yes, just, I've heard just, he slurs through things. It's not even close to a word, Mark. Yeah. It just, it, it's, it's, and I go, okay, yeah, I can see that sounds like me. Yeah. Now, 
that. Wait, wait, before you go, I, I just real fast. I wanted to say this whole quarantine pandemic thing. I had ship contracts canceled, some nice corporate gigs canceled, but I got to tell you the the worst thing to hit me is when I realized I wasn't going to go to the cabana because I was supposed to open for you and Valentine. Uh, in, in May? Yeah. Yeah, well, I spoke to her today. She's opening this weekend. Uh, they had Kevin Farley, but he was afraid to get on a plane. So uh, Basil's going to be there at the Comedy Cabana in Myrtle Beach for all you people tuning in from Myrtle Beach. Yeah. in South Carolina. Go check it out. Yeah, great comedy club. I just spoke to Christine and Jeff today, oddly enough. I was so excited to because to, it was you and Gary. I'm going, oh, oh we're have a ball. I'm just yeah. going to sit on the wall and just listen. <laughs> Hi, Richie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, cut no, you no, off. No, just no, hit me, and I was like, I, I, I Listen, I, I get I get you. I mean, I, I spoke to her today, and she's like, uh, I, I've canceled on her a few times to go on ships, and she booked me on Easter week last year. And I was like, looking up the price of flights, $800. Ooh. I can't. I, I go, hi, Christine, how you doing? You better not be canceling four days ahead of time. I said, well, I, I, you know, the, it's flights. Are, I don't care what the flights are. You, you, you know, I went, I'm not calling to cancel. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm calling. Uh, you don't have to get the rental car hooked up for me. Uh, I was going to drive up. So I drive up there, and uh, I, I drive for 14 hours to get a speeding yeah. ticket the last hour. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Where no, did you have a lot of uh, cruise ships on your calendar when this hit? Or oh yeah, yeah. Just they've shut down Alaska. They shut down China naturally. Uh, I have a cousin who's a doctor. He said, you know, in the last six months you've been to Italy, China, uh, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, yeah. Los Angeles, and Honolulu, everywhere with no condom. Yeah. <laughs> you know my cousin. Did uh? He said, "I think you're. I think you're immune to it." Yeah, I think you. I think he's right. That's amazing. <laughs> they say alcohol kills uh, bacteria and virus, right? They do. But I went to the doctor last week. I wasn't feeling good, feeling a little sluggish, and I got some good news that you do not have the coronavirus. A little touch of AIDS. I said, "Thank God." <laughs> oh, jeez. Christ, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, hey. hey. What what does your brother say about baseball? His his brother is uh, Craig Minervini. Craig Minervini from Marlins, the voice of the Marlins in the, in the summer, and the voice of the Panthers. In oh, the he's got hockey, and they've been doing it for thirty yeah. some odd years. Isn't that weird that Richie Minervini's brother is an announcer, and he has the worst voice in comedy? <laughs> the most unique. would say the most unique voice. Yes. <laughs> In therapy, I learned that you use positive so, words. Is okay. your brother like this? <laughs> no, my brother enunciates everything. A guy in a cruise ship comes up to me once, and this happens a lot. Hey, are you related to Craig Minavini? Yeah, he's my kid brother. Oh, my God, I love Craig Minavini. I love Craig Minavini. Okay, one guy comes up to me and goes, hey, you related to Craig Minavini? I go, yeah, he's my brother. Bullshit. <laughs> I go, you started this conversation. I didn't come up to you and say, guess who my brother is? You came up to me and made what are you what are you, nuts? He goes, well, he doesn't sound anything like you. I said, he, he enunciates. <laughs> <laughs> he uses consonants. The guy goes, he looks a little like you, but he doesn't sound like sound. I said, yeah, that's why he's a sportscaster on TV. 182 uh, games a year. Well, Richie, I didn't even think about that. If they bring hockey back. They are bringing hockey back. Because your brother's not the only person who does this. How are they going to make that work where you have announcers who work for baseball and hockey or football and basketball? And really good question. He's a, he's a little nervous about, you know, he's a, he's a pro, but he's a little worried about, listen, they're both playing the same night. He's going to try yeah. to, you know, deal it out. But, you know, back in the day, there was three announcers, one announcer, Phil Rizzuto and somebody else you didn't know. You know, you had the Mets. Right. Uh, you know, so they have six guys, two guys up here, two guys pregame, a couple guys after the game, the play-by-play, the guy who so he's one of six people, but he's been there the longest. Uh, so uh, he gets to call it which one he wants. He's got to call it, and they got to call it. He's going to work out. He's got a nice relationship. They want him. They don't want him to leave. But he's so excited to, to be around him. They're talking about having hockey come back, finish the 2020 season right into the playoffs, right into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And they're talking about having it in Vegas or LA, one place, and their team comes in on the bus. They play in front of a. Uh, like, like, you know, like a college tournament. Yeah. All the teams are going to be at the hotel. They all come over by bus. 
going to be crazy. It's going to be, be crazy and exciting. Every team, even baseball, all the guys that were hurt are now healthy again. Yeah, yeah, except for Judge. Judge is out, but Gene Carlo's back. Yeah, yeah. Eighty-two yeah. game season. This is pretty much uh, everything is in there, but the dried ink. Eighty-two yeah. game baseball season. Yeah. Right. I, I guess my question: now. What happens when somebody comes down with it? Which is going to happen? How do you like? What are they going to do? As soon as someone get get test positive again, they, a, I don't know. I guess out gets thrown out of the game. I know, but you can't slide to home play with the coronavirus. <laughs> that's, that's a ground rule double. That's a jolly color punchline. The guy running around second base, he shit himself. That's a ground rule double. In what sport can you shit yourself? You gotta go jogging, and you keep jogging. No. Rich, you were uh, you were on Star Search. Yes, I lost to the uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, I didn't. I wasn't going to bring it up. Look I love it. No, I, I love it to death. So they, they, Rosie tells me they want me to win. I'm going to win. I go. How are you going to win? You're three shows in, and you're out of material already. I literally, I was supposed to go up against Steve Middleman, who won the New York State Laugh-O contest. Yeah. He, no, beat, no he beat Jerry Seinfeld. He beat Carol Leifer. Eddie, he beat Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And he beat Joe Bolster. He was that good. He was that good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Damn. Yeah. If anybody you Google Steve Middleman, you'll really be impressed with what the, he, he has to the do. the left wall at the comic strip. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> everybody on the comic strip on one wall. Yeah, he had a pink turtleneck on. He used to go on stage with a pink turtleneck with yeah. no fingers. I look like a penis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go, why would you do that joke? He goes, because no one can steal it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have a feeling that if you and I were announcers, your brother announces baseball, we'd be more like Brock Meyer. Have you watched that show? No. Oh, my God. It's, on IFT. it's the greatest show on TV. Brock, Brock what's it about? Uh, Hank Azaria is an alcoholic, drug addict, uh, Baseball, baseball announcer. I love Hank Azera. Brock Meyer. Great. He gets thrown out of the country for how how fucked up he gets online. Oh, that's funny. It's amazing. I, I gotta watch that. You'll watch it. The, you'll watch all three seasons <laughs> one night. Oh yeah, that sounds. Yeah. That sounds like that's right down my. Uh, Did Rosie work your club? Rosie, of course, Rosie worked my club. My brother took Rosie's sister to the junior prom. So no. My brother was in all the plays at Rosie, uh, uh, Guys and Dolls, uh, whatever the plays were. My, my brother and Rosie were great friends. Rosie would come to my club. This is the great advice. People go, oh, Richie Minervini started so many careers. Nonsense. I had a stage. I said backstage, don't curse. Don't go over your time. And then you come back. I don't care how you do, good or bad, don't curse. Don't go over your time. That's the advice I gave people. I Rosie, I, this is the advice I gave Rosie to create her career that made her as famous. Rosie, you're only 16. Don't wear uh, champion sneakers, all-stars. You look young. Try to put shoes on. Okay. And she came in another time with sneakers. I go, look, if you wear sneakers, you can't go on stage. She drove home unbeknownst to me and came back with shoes. I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know. And she, she said that she got up at your club, right, and did George Carlin's act? Everybody's act. She did everybody's act, and you were like, you can't do other people's acts. And you know what? That's the exact words I use. Jerry Seinfeld told me. I was in the city. I was crushing. He goes, that, that's David Sayers. I go, oh, is he here? I had no idea you couldn't do another comedian. I thought singers did other singers' acts. So in 1978, Jerry Seinfeld going, what are you doing? I said, yeah, that, that, that's uh, David Seinfeld. Yeah, and that's Freddie Prince. Go, yeah, those guys are great. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it wasn't easy. Richie, you started a Long Island tradition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the guy Bill Keller was a city act, and he was telling yeah, us on Long Bill Island, Keller. "Oh, you guys, you got, you guys are doing everything. You know, Menavini is worse, and you guys are no better." And so uh, we all got together on Long Island. Martling, I think it might have been Martling's idea, and Nelson, we're gonna go keep Bill Keller outside, buy him a beer, tell him you want to smoke pot, you go outside Dixon's White House, in where we really started. And we all went on stage and did his act. Everybody did a bit of his act, one of the bits. Like eight comedians went up and each did three minutes of his act. He goes up on stage, hack, we've all seen it before. Yeah, get your own material. <laughs> we've seen it. He got booed off the stage. Now, if he's watching this show, this is the first time he's heard this story. He has no idea we turned on him. 
but he never showed his face in the White House in again. Yeah. Now tell tell the Leno story about when he played your club. I said, Jay Leno's coming to the club. I'm like, hey, 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 picture myself here. Anyway, he goes, hey, Minavini, I hear that the uh, comedians all stay your house. You and him are brothers. He goes, you all say, uh, the comedians tell me to stay at your house. Why am I stuck here like an orphan over there at the uh, Howard Johnson's? I go, I thought you were, you know, you're a big star. I'm alone in a room with a big star. Okay, I want to stay at your house. I said, okay. I call up my cleaning lady because the houses are trashed. And she said, I'm very busy. I said, all right, just do my bedroom, the kitchen, and, and the living room. So he comes over after the show, and uh, I take him into the main be uh, bedroom. He goes, "What oh, is the master suite?" I said, "Yeah, this is where all the comedians stay." I go, "No, no, this is uh, this, this is my room. I'm not staying in your room. Where do the comedians stay?" So I haven't opened the door in months. I said, "They stay in the other room." We open the door, Mark, and uh, it's a, a water bed with red silk. There's red silks hanging over the lamps, and the minute you put the light on, the music went up. And there's lights going around the room. He goes, oh, geez, all we need is a horn. We'll be ready to go in this room. <laughs> and we had a, and it kind of stunk a little bit of waterbed. So we had to put chlorine in the pool and then the pellets. I had to get a string, throw it out the window to put it to the hose and pull the hose up, fill up the bed, make it firm, firm. He is washing down the walls. Jay Leno. Feelings. Jay Leno, yeah. He's like, yeah, where's the bleach? I'm going to put the sheets in the, uh, in the washing machine. He's doing the wash. <laughs> And we're making the bed. And I, I, I said, Jay, you all right in there? It took us like two hours to clean one little room. Yeah. And I remember he's doing like, if I find a condom, I'm going back to Howard Johnson's. All right? <laughs> and knocked on the Jay, you all right? Yeah, just send the hooker in and I'm ready to go. All right. We'll get <laughs> so Jay brings a PlayStation. We heard of them. Uh, Sega. I mean, we were playing literally the tennis with the green. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pong. Was it called Pong? Pong, yeah. And we think this is the neatest thing in the world. You think this is good? I got double Pong. Yeah, double Pong. <laughs> That's what he had in the suitcase. He had a PlayStation with four or five games, one pair of jeans, one jacket. Uh, he's at the club one night. Someone steals his uh, silk jacket. Can't believe it. Tell me, I someone took my jacket. Oh, my God. Oh. I said, oh, listen, tomorrow, he started, what kind of place is this? Somebody steals a jacket, he steals a jacket. That jacket is an $800 jacket. I said, listen, I got a friend of mine. He's got a store. And uh, we'll go to the store, get a jacket. East side. You know, he's in there getting measured, getting tailored. Uh, my brother drives from the club. I just got a call from Rosie. She took the wrong jacket home. She's got Jay's jacket. They both had black jackets. I said, oh, great. I go, hey, uh, Jay, we got your jacket. Uh, I said, what should you do with this one? I said, stop measuring. Stop. Put the chalk down. Yeah, that jacket, that's that's over. He told, me, he told me about his great jacket. This jacket must have been eight years old. It was, it was, I said, this is an 800, well, it wasn't an $800 jacket. Uh, yeah. So uh, Rosie's like frightened. Oh, you know, I'll pay for half his new jacket. I said, no, no, no. There is no new jacket. We're fine, Rosie. Wow. Wow. This is exactly why I wanted drinks jokes and storytelling to be a thing to hear stories like this is priceless you don't yeah. get this anywhere else. well you know what i love about comedy the comics they just it doesn't matter if you're famous or not famous those guys it made you want to get in the business i went to dangerfields once i'm starting to get laughs and dangerfields like buys me a drink i'm like oh my god i mean i'm enamored with dangerfield he goes hey kid i've seen you here a couple of times you know what i mean oh yeah you're all right you're all right you're definitely going places i said you think so Oh, yeah, you're going places. You're not coming back here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I left thinking my career was over. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I get a call from uh, Tony. Tony. Yeah. Richie, where you been? Where, where you been? I was like, yeah, where you you know, Dangerfield told me not to come there. He said I wasn't coming back there. He goes, he was joking. What did he say? He's joking with you. He loved you. Come on back. I went, Oh, all right, all right, <laughs> Richie. I, I have a feeling that you and I would have been really good friends if we came. Yeah, I was looking forward to working with you. Yeah, Jesus Christ, that's the exact same thing that would happen to me. I the first time I ever played Long Island, I went out and I was I was you know a five minute whore in the city. I had five minutes that was killer, right? Right. And uh, a bunch of the Long Island guys loved me. They were like, you know, this door guy's working his ass off. We got to take you to a real club. And they brought me out to Long Island. I went to Governor's. It was packed on a Thursday with a benefit. And they're like, you can do 10 minutes. 
And Joe Starr just goes, ah, don't worry. You can do crowd work. And I <laughs> like, I started like, I didn't laugh. I, I was so scared. And then he looked at the lineup and he started going over the, the all the oh. comics. He got to my name and he goes, wow, they can't all be comics tonight. And I was like, <laughs> I was heartbroken. I went up and I did the best I could, whatever. I got in the car. I was with uh, Trucin and Kevin Downey Jr. They're like, how'd you like it? Because it was like, it was great because I was in front of 300 people. You know, I'm used to being in front of 60 on a best night in the city is 60 people. Yeah. We're on the way home. And I just go, I, uh, nobody liked me. Everybody was just making fun of me. And it That's was, us. and he goes, that means they like you. Like That's you're absolutely. one of the gang. <laughs> I had no idea. Like Long Island has its own code of ethics. Oh, now, yeah. I know, now I know why nobody makes fun of me. No, I'm <laughs> I will be honest with you. This is nice that we have this venue. I couldn't stand there was another comedian named Richie. I was like, ah, oh, Richie. I was, I'm like Elvis. I was Richie. I was Richie. There's a couple of Richard Jennings. There was Rich Hall. And this guy comes around, Richie, and he's funny. I'm like, oh, great. Now they're going to confuse the two of us. Well, you know, when, when I first started, I was opening for you a lot. Joey Cole is Topper. in the house. Joey Remember, Cole is Topper. Remember Toppers in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. Hello, Joey. Yeah. And everyone used to tell me, don't. Whatever you do, don't talk to him about his club. I don't know if you know that. Like, I hated it. I yeah. mean, I'm a nervous comedian who wants to do a set. Hey, yeah. man, take a look at me. Tell me what you think. Ah. Yeah. I Everyone think I like to not doing stand-up comedy. Do not mention Richie's club. You know what? Richie. You never did. I went, this guy's great to hang out with. Tell you him used to, we talk you comedy. used to talk about your club to me, and I, like, put my head down and be like, I don't want him to think I'm I talking <laughs> <laughs> I and then we finally, too. I finally got a weekend at your club, and that's the week they padlocked the door. <laughs> they padlocked the door on three separate occasions. You got to be more specific. <laughs> hey, they padlocked my door. The the IRS did. I was like, we're sold out this weekend. I take some bolt cutters. I let it stay there for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I bolt cut it. I hope we open up. We do gangbuster business. We tell them our credit card machine is down, cash only. And uh, they came back on Monday with handcuffs. Wow. Yeah. That's when you were hand out. in hand with the club? They went, yes. They <laughs> really, they, and I was thinking about doing it one more time. I figured we need one more weekend. We'll get about $20,000 out of this club. So we opened up the back door and we just took all the speakers and the thing and the booze or whatever we can salvage. Jimmy Finn came <laughs> by and he was the owner of Governors. Governors. I'll give you $3 a chair. I said, Jimmy, those chairs are six. $65 a piece. What are you going to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> All right, make it 10. Make it 10. You can have that and the deep fryer. And <laughs> But that club, not only not only comics. I mean, you had big names just come to the club back then, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. We had guys like, um, well, I, I like this a lot of the singer. Oh, Billy Joel. Oh, this is great. Yeah, Billy Joel's Billy a regular. Joel. Ladies and gentlemen, back in the room, Mr. Billy How Joel. How odd would it be if we had Billy Joel's photo? Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So I, I, I will try to get on one of those shows, lose 100 pounds, lose 200 pounds. They go, what is your reason for wanting to come on the uh, the show? I said, well, years ago when I first started in comedy, I looked exactly like Billy Joel. And now I look exactly like Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so... We become friends, me, him, and Jerry Cooney, my friend from elementary school, the fighter. The three of us were hanging out. I didn't, I, didn't you Jerry you I didn't know you went to school. Went to elementary school, and I I lived in, uh, he had a duplex. I lived in the other half of the duplex. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 Always open. Everyone was coming on everybody. So Billy's at the club one night going, hey, man, guess who I got a date with? I go, I don't know who. He said, you can believe it. I said, who? He said, Christy Brinkley. I went, So? You mean? Oh her. wow! We're not fucking around. Still, and you guys are good. Yeah. I go, I go. So, I mean, this is I, my favorite story. He goes, Christy Brinkley, the actress, the model. I said, model, not actress. He goes, <laughs> I've got a date with Christy Brinkley. I go, Billy, and he's my my he's my favorite star ever. Right. Go, Billy Joel. He goes, I don't give a fuck who I am. She's still Christy Brinkley. <laughs> I don't know where to take it. I go, bring it here. Yeah, I'm going to bring it to the shit-ass comedy club. Bring it here. Billy, listen up. You take out to dinner, you got to talk. <laughs> you bring it to a comedy club, you're coming late, I won't endowance you. 
I'll give you the booth in the back, the six, just you two. I said, you'll watch a show on Sunday night with Bobby Nelson and five other comics. You'll see what she laughs at, what she doesn't laugh at. You'll have conversation later. You'll find out if she's a prude or, or if she's a wild one. You'll find it all out. He goes, sure enough, he showed up with Christy Brinkley. Wow. And I get a phone call later on. He goes, good advice. <laughs> I've got to go. She's in the bathroom. It could happen. <laughs> Boom. It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, I like the regular girl. Like he's taking a waitress out from governors. Yeah. It could happen. <laughs> wow. And the rest is history. It happened. You yeah. he got them together. Yeah. Well, it wasn't your first date. Yeah, you can't take that away from me. You uh, Do you you gave some advice. You gave good advice for the good first advice. date. Was there anybody you watched grow? When you first saw them, you thought, wow, this guy has no shit. And Wait, I, I, and the second question of that, and who are the ones you saw the first time you went, yes? Well, I told Eddie Murphy um, not to bring Chris Rock around. He goes, what? That guy's good. I go, he's you. He's a, a worse version of you by the time he's done. And you go up, no big ha-ha. You know, you need wow. two nails with red hair and freckles doing Irish material. And then you go up and you're exactly opposite. So get that guy out of here. I don't want to see that guy in Dude, wow. I, I, at Stand Up New York, I had uh, three major fuck-ups that I, uh, I kicked myself in the ass for saying this. When I met Amy Schumer, I was like, she doesn't have a chance. <laughs> one of the biggest comics in the business. And you, know, you, you know what's weird about Mark? He's still saying that. I agree with him. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't really get what Rosie was coming from, but I, the audience was hysterical and laughing and telling me, when are you going to get her back again? I thought it was kind of uh, basic stuff, but I knew that the audience, I knew I, I, was, uh, I was getting to the point where I was too old to judge young comics. And I knew that because uh, uh, we were doing proms. We used to do like four proms, like Dangerfields. And I was the headliner. Like uh, Adam was a, uh, emceeing or Kevin was emceeing and one night I'm thinking man they hate me I went hey fellas I'm gonna emcee this show and I watched like like it was what I wanted to do and these guys crushed I went yeah. they have never headlined before yeah. I, these guys got something going that I'm not aware of with especially with these young people they you know they were they were just out of college Connecting. yeah fantastic yeah. Just... good for you to, to see that though because I had ears I tell comedians all the time forget what you say Ears, really important. You got to listen to what's happening out there yeah. and go in the right direction. Yeah. Hey, you didn't give us a street joke. Oh, we, I got we didn't do joke. a drink or a and joke. You didn't tell us a drink yet. Oh. What are you drinking first? I'm drinking, uh, I got uh, ice cold coffee with the Frangelica. And I think there's something else in there too. We've been on for an hour and you've been backstage for 20 minutes. So it's a, it's a long time here. I, I've been, I've been sipping away. Yeah. The longest yeah. I've gone without peeing in about four years. So this is, I'm really excited. <laughs> is that happening to you too now? It's yeah, I'm getting there. I have to pee now, but I don't want to get up and miss any of this. My brother keeps going, you're up, you're up. No, I'm taking a pee. I'm going back to bed. It's only nine o'clock. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, you can't believe it. And then pay something. When you have to pee. They ain't no like I'll hold it for a little. No, no, no. no. no you got, you got. It's like Damn you said. It. It's now or never, like Elvis sang. Oh <laughs> uh, no, yeah. <laughs> and what's Burn, your, what are you oh. drinking? Oh, uh, what I'm done with it too. I had a nice red Cabernet. Ah. Oh, that's nice. That's clearly classy. With the <laughs> Phew, excuse me, allergies. Oh, God bless you. I uh, am loaded. What are you drinking? You're going I'm crazy. Drinking Duke whiskey. Duke. What is that? It is John Wayne's son started a whiskey whiskey business. Oh, how and, brilliant! Yeah, and my youngest son's name's Duke, so I always buy Duke whiskey. That really so, is I have a dog named Duke. <laughs> they probably act the same in public. Down, um, boy, down. Okay. Mine's always sniffing his balls and looking his ass. So same as my Duke. <laughs> and then I'm following it with a. Peroni beer. Oh, I love Peroni. One of my favorite beers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good beer. It's actually the beer. So when I got married, we got married at Governor's Comedy Club in Long Island. Because you were close now, Rich. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had one great wedding there. We had John Blend's wedding. It was really, it was fantastic. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. John and Joni got married then. John right. Blend came in, and I didn't recognize my club when I came in. It was like beautiful. Stuff was hanging all over. It was like, it, was, it made me tear. I got all choked up. Yeah, that, that's we have to have John Blen on the show. Talk about stories. 
We should, yeah, we should definitely talk to John Bill. He, he gave us all our first interviews, and he was uh, none too kind. He was a uh, he said it like it was, so, which was great. We had to you know step it up a little. He was friendly and fine, but yes. the were very honest interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the first night Eastside opened, the, the guy in, and Martling has these names like this. Bobby Nelson was funny. Richie Minervini did uh, okay as an MC. And this Bob Woods was hysterical. But this Eddie Murphy and Jackie Martling are going absolutely nowhere in the business. <laughs> and those were our first two millionaires. Eddie became a millionaire like six months later. <laughs> and Martling, two years after that, millionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Eddie was, hey, this is a story no one knows Eddie would show up at the club he was a high school kid he had okay clothes he was middle class a middle American family but he had oh, he'd open a box and take out these incredible shoes alligator shoes blue shoes red shoes and how, how soon before I go on man I go like 10 minutes okay then take out the box and wear these shoes and he must have had 30 or 40 different pairs of shoes before he said hey Eddie you got the greatest shoes ever he goes yeah, I work in a shoe store. The only said I can wear them just on stage for 12 minutes, and then I have to bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> and then to follow that up, he was I saw and I had to call him on it. He was in New York City, he's already a big star. He steps out of his limousine in a pair of twelve hundred dollar shoes and right into dog shit. He took oh. his foot out of the shoes, both shoes, and he walked in barefoot to NBC. Just left the twelve hundred dollar pair of shoes, one of them in dog shit. One of them out, he said, yeah. I said, you wow. me. I said, Clint could have just cleaned a little dog shit off, and you would have been all right. He goes, I didn't wear no shoes again. Yeah, I just left them. Wow. And that's what the one I was going, wow, he's made it. It yeah. took him to dog shit for me to realize he made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a street joke. Okay, okay. Uh, I got a uh, street joke. Okay. Tell us Guy goes into a bar, 1 a.m. in the morning, Saturday night. There's a big, fat girl, big, fat girl. Tank top, tube top on with a mini skirt. She's dancing on the table. And he goes over there. He's staring. She goes, what? He goes, those are some great legs. She said, you think so? He said, yeah. Any other table would have collapsed. <laughs> I think we got to get out on that one. All right. That sounds good to me. Mark. I think that's a good, Richie. We, we really want to have you back. Ooh, I'll be back. back. I'm, I'm coming um, back. When we go off, stay on because we'll talk back stage. Don't leave studio. I'm going to be staring at the screen for like an hour. Like you, you don't know, know how to leave. leave. So what am I telling you? Yeah, I'm telling. I need back. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.